1: And welcome to 10 Minute Morning Motivation, a motivational podcast to help you start your day on the right foot. My name is Aidan. Thank you for joining me. Okay, so as you may have seen in the title, this episode is specifically about grief. So this is, let's say, a trigger warning at the beginning. If you're after motivation and something to uplift your day at the start of your day, you're on your way to work. Maybe this isn't the episode. It's not going to be a sad episode per se, but it's not going to be motivation, motivation in that aspect. It's going to be a little bit deeper than that, but motivating still for people that may have suffered grief. I want to hear a bit of hope, a bit of understanding and something to relate to. So a bit of a different episode today. That's why I've released it on a weekend. I'm going to do a few of these focus ones because I want to motivate people, of course, but I also want to be able to help people in other ways. And through what I've learned in grief, learning about death and my experience of that, I definitely feel like this is the place I can do that. So, with that being said, let's get on to the episode. I'm going to tone my voice down a little bit because you don't want shouty motivating me talking about something so serious. So, I did a special episode last year. I think it's called Sandra's Son, Sandra being my mum's name. And that one was a little bit different to this. It wasn't specifically about grief. It was about my mum, really. Um, it was a bit of a dedication to her. But an episode I'm really proud of, episode that I love. And it's quite personal, but I don't mind that. But that was... Last year, when I probably only had maybe 100 subscribers, right, it was a little bit more intimate for me. Now, there's probably about 1,500 of you listening. So it's a bit of a different experience. So I may not get too personal, but I feel like if there's 1,500 people listening to this podcast, then many of you have felt grief. Many of you have lost somebody close to you. And I mean, it's one of the things that's going to happen to every single one of us. We're all going to lose somebody, as sad as that sounds. But it's just spoken about so little, It's often not spoken about until it happens. And that can be the worst time to speak about grief. I think it's beneficial to be prepared for it, not be thinking about it all the time, but just have thought about it or have spoken about it. I feel like it should be more of an open conversation because when I have open conversations about grief and about my loss, it helps me so much. And the people that I speak to that are in a similar situation to me, I know that they they feel the same and we always feel so much lighter after a conversation about grief or a conversation about our loved ones. So I just kind of want to open that door really for everybody that's been through it, everybody that might be going through it or whatever it is. Maybe you've never lost anybody, but you've always been intrigued as to what it's like, but you don't want to ask that friend. So just a quick bit of background to my life and why I've got experience in this. So I'm 33. I was 33 on January the 31st, just gone and february the 3rd is the anniversary of my mum's death which happened in 2007 so that's 17 years this this year um that i lost my mum that we lost my mum my dad lost her as well um his wife they were married happily married my mum was 36 when she died so you know very young as i'm getting older i mean i'm 33 now it 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 sounded young when it happened when i was 16 but you know that's a long way off now i'm i'm only 3 years away from that age every year it it strikes me as even more crazy that that she died so young Um, so that's kind of an added part of that I think it adds an extra dimension to it where it's not old age or it's not um, a particular a particularly common illness for older people or anything like that she was young she died of an illness I won't go into that side of it it wasn't an accident or anything like a a car accident or anything like that it it was natural um, but she was young so that happened 17 years ago. And I mean, I'm focusing on my... Sometimes it can feel selfish talking about grief as well. You now people that have been through it may feel the same way. It, I'm speaking on this podcast and I'm speaking about my grief, but it's not me that's died. So sometimes you can feel like, oh, it's me, me, me. But that's... You've got to allow that sometimes and, and let that happen because it has happened to you and it has happened to me. So I was 16. It was my birthday, 31st of January, which... Actually, is the last memory I have of my mum on my birthday, and she died three days after that. Um, Difficult time, as you can imagine. I was sixteen. I was pretty angry at that age. Anyway, I was doing my GCSEs. I started my GCSEs the Monday after it happened on a Friday night. um, And yeah, I started my GCSEs on the Monday. That was a bit of a crazy experience, but it helped in keeping my mind off things, which is a key part of my story. Keeping my mind off things, right? I'm gonna come back to that numerous times. So. As soon as my mum had died, I was straight back to school, um, which I agree with, right? I agree that my dad did that because I, did, I didn't I did want to be in the mix of planning the funeral and all those sort of things. So I went back to school. And I did my GCSEs. You know, people at school knew. They were very supportive, my friendship group and people in my year and the teachers and things. Yeah, did my GCSEs. For those listening not in England, they're age 16 exams, which get you into college and those sort of things. So they're important. did my GCSEs because I knew my mum would want me to continue, right? I was predicted decent grades and yeah, my mum would have definitely wanted me to carry on. So I carried on and I did my GCSEs and went through that, went through the funeral. Everything was a bit of a blur and I remember I used to say to my friend, my good friend at that age, I don't see him these days, but he really supported me at that at that time. So did his mum. And I remember saying to him, I don't think it's hit me yet. I really stands out in my memory. I don't think it's hit me yet. I kept saying that because I didn't, I didn't know what grief was. I didn't know what to expect, but... I didn't collapse in tears of crying and couldn't move or, you know, I I was still functioning. So to me, I thought maybe it's just not hit me yet. Maybe it's going to come around the corner. I kept saying that and I think it was a bit of a safety net for me because I felt a little bit guilty that I wasn't in tatters, right? Um, I was sad, of course, and I'd cried and all those things. But I just saw grief on television and I thought, When am I going to smash things up and cry and, you know, this big dramatic scene, which never really happened in those days, thankfully. So as time went on, I was 16 when it happened. All right. Then I got my GCSEs. I got the grades I needed. Me and my dad stuck together, pulled together closer than we ever were and carried on. Right. I went to college next and then my dad took over as both parents and did everything that he could in his power to keep me pushing, to keep me going to college. And then I went to university and university, you know, took me until I was about 22, 23, I think. And then I met my partner at university. She's now my wife. Then I moved from university to London and I just kept it moving. I kept progressing. And a grief counselor that I visited just a few years ago told me that was me in my empire building stage. I was building my life. And the grief kind of took a back seat. I, I, I repressed the grief, right? That's the phrase she used. I repressed the grief from when I was 16 to when I was maybe 26, I think it was. So I just kept on going. I, I was upset, of course. I kept a diary, right? This this is something that's really helped me. I've got a document on my laptop. I've saved it in many places, right? So I've got copies of it. But I've been writing in that since um, 2010. And it's just a letter to my mum. And I just update my mum every year on what's going on. And it helps a lot. It's upsetting when I write in it, but it's, it's cathartic, right? I don't use that word very often. I think that's what it means, but it helps me. Um, It helps me stay connected in some way. Now I live 200 miles away from my hometown, so I can't visit my mum's grave as much as I, I might want to on her birthday and on her, on the anniversary of her death, because I'm not up there. So having a letter that I write to her while listening to her favorite music, oh, that's something that really, really helps me and connects me to her religiously and, and, and spiritually, I'm not sure what I believe, right? There's there's something in me that believes I'm connected to her in some way and that helps. That really helps. But I don't really understand it. But writing the letter, listening to her music and remembering being a child with her and really helps, you know, I've got I choose to do it. I know it's gonna upset me, but I don't hide from the upset. I don't hide from the tears because it helps and it feels good in a weird way. It's hard to explain. It's an outlet and it really frees me because sometimes the grief builds up. I call it a black cloud, and the grief can really build up. And that happened over the years. As I was repressing the grief, unknown to me then, I didn't know I was repressing it, it would cloud up and I'd have a really difficult time. Maybe around the anniversary of my mum's death, maybe around her birthday, Christmas as well. It's, you know, her birthday is November, then there's Christmas, and then there's February. It's winter, basically, it has a bit of a gray cloud over it and i was repressing the grief i was at work what the turning point for me was i was at work working in a recording studio and i remember i was recording a podcast about grief with a therapist i was just the engineer i wasn't involved and i was just holding back tears for the whole three hours it's a bit of a trigger for me right now if i'm honest i just remember how i felt recording that and how lonely i felt i was the engineer and they you know they're all in the studio talking about their grief and it was it was interesting because I learned a lot from them But my grief was right there anyway And then I had this session And then the next month after that Every day I could feel the grief was like at the front of my forehead I just felt like crying all day And I was like, shit, I really need to figure this out Because it's affecting my work And I spoke to my wife And um, she had spoken about grief counselling before But I was thinking I can't afford it Or I don't have the time, whatever it is And she really pushed me to get that So I got grief counselling. I had 16 weeks. I called the grief counselling place and I said, I think I need some grief counselling. She said, all right, let's have a phone call next week and I'll assess you and I'll see how much you need. And I called her and this was just a preliminary session. This is quite funny, slightly embarrassing, but it was just a preliminary session and I'd never spoken to anybody outside of my family and my wife about losing my mum and the grief, right? And I spoke to this lady that I'd never met, I didn't know, and she was asking me questions. And for an hour oh gosh, it all just came out and fell out of me like it is now. And at the end of the phone call, she was like, she didn't say it in this way, but basically she was like, yep, you you need the full course. You need 18 weeks. You need grief counseling. So that was an eye opener for me. And um, I started grief counseling with a wonderful lady called Jenny. And um, it was just me talking at her, basically. And she was just there as an ear, but it was the most relaxing place. It was just a, you know, NHS British hospital room, with some blue chairs and a flower and a flower pot but i spoke to her for an hour each week and i've never been in a room so relaxing i've been on holidays i've had spa treatments whatever i've never felt so relaxed because i was able to speak without burdening her right people that have been through grief or going through it you'll understand this you don't want to upset that person that's supporting you. You don't want to upset your partner or your parents or your friends. They've got their own shit to deal with. So you feel as though you're burdening them. So you keep it in. They're like, oh, you okay? Are you all right? Well, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You brush it off. But having a grief counsellor, this is their job. This is what they're there for. This is their profession. And that was so helpful for me because I didn't feel like I was burdening her whatsoever. And she was so helpful. So I did that for 18 weeks. I did it for 16 weeks, I think. I didn't need the last few sessions. And I was able to say everything I needed to say. And it was such a relief. It was so helpful. She gave me practices to use. And for the next few years, I was just so much lighter because I'd learned so much about how to deal with my grief and how to handle it. She made me understand it more. She made me see what I'd been doing. She made me see how I'd been repressing it. And now, because I'd finished my empire building stage, right? I was a bit more content in life when I was 26. The grief was like, okay, now it's time to deal with this. Because our mind doesn't let us just push things back forever. They're going to come to the forefront at some point. So me repressing that grief, it was just building and building. And when I was working in that studio, when I was recording that podcast, that was it. Life was content. Life was good. I had the space to deal with it. Unbeknownst to me, I had the space and it came to the forefront. So that's why I needed the counselling right then. Now, the counselling really helped for a year or two. I'm not going to say it was a magic miracle, but I do recommend it. Don't let this put you off going for grief counselling if it's something you think you can benefit from. Because you can just do it again. Or you can use the skills that you get from grief counselling in life later on. But what grief does, for me anyway, it changes shape every year it changes. I think it depends on where my life is and how I feel at the time but it changes shape. So when i had done that grief counselling, the next anniversary of my mum's death was probably the most joyful, Um, may seem like an odd word to use but on that anniversary I was able to really focus on my mum and think about her as a person and celebrate her as a person Rather than focus on the grief in this black cloud, I was able to focus on my mum and who she was. Now, I do do that still and it helps me. Thinking about her now, I can see her and thinking about her personality, it, it, ma- it makes me happy, it makes me joyful. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of separate from the grief because the grief only came after she died. The grief isn't a memory. The grief is separate. The memory of my mum is separate. I've been able to separate those two things, which was, I, I can't explain how helpful that was because... My mum almost became the grief in my brain, and I kept thinking this isn't fair, because she's not that black cloud. But the memory of her was messed up in that black cloud in my head. But I was able to separate those two things, and I, and then they are separate because I think about my mum and she makes me laugh, she makes me smile. I look at photos; it's full of joy and happiness. And then sometimes the grief comes in it, and it's a, and it's hard, and it's sad, and it's upsetting. So now I, it's up and down. Now you know I got married at the end of last year, and. Big life situations, right? They can catch you off guard, especially marriage and and children. Those big life experiences really magnify the loss. I did a speech at my wedding, and I incorporated my mum into the speech, and it was upsetting, but it was also beautiful to kind of bring in all my guests. Everybody probably knew that I'd lost my mum, but they didn't know much about her. Many of them wouldn't have known her name, but I said her name in the speech, and everybody raised a glass to my mum and dad and said their names and. That was so special to me to bring her in in that way. But my point is that the bigger life becomes, sometimes the bigger the grief becomes in those moments. My wedding, of course me and my dad would get eye contact through the day and know, have a little moment now and again, both of us knowing how much we miss my mum on that day and how much we would have loved her to be there. But it's controlling that and it's letting that happen so it doesn't overshadow the day. I gave my grief, that space. I spoke about my mum in the speech and I made it apparent to everybody so it wasn't hidden and I wasn't fighting it. I was allowing it and that really helped. Now since then, this February the 3rd, that just happened last week, it was difficult this year. I was really upset and felt lonely and I think that's just the aftermath, that's the hangover from the emotions of the wedding and what happened there. That's life, that is grief, we figure out ways to manage it but My main point is to give it its own space. Don't push it to the back of your head forever. After I finished grief counselling, I used to put in my diary Sunday and I just put, I can't remember what I wrote, maybe mum or maybe time, maybe thoughts, whatever it was. And it reminded me that I'm going to have an hour to think about my mum on Sunday, to think about the grief and let it have its time. And then my week would be easier because I wasn't spending all my energy fighting it and that lessened, I didn't need to do it every week, I didn't need to do it all the time, but just giving it that space and not constantly fighting, it really helped, and I've actually just reminded myself that I used to do that, and it's something that I'm going to take on now, as, as the grief has been a little bit difficult recently, but, you know, this is all, I'm not professional in regards to grief counseling, but I've learned, it's been 17 years, you know, I lost my mum, and then a few years later, my mum's mum, my nana died, who was, you know, not my second mum, but that was raw. That was that was very painful. That was a different sort of pain. That hurt in a different way. And then my granddad died and then my other granddad died. So I felt it over the years. Like many of us have, this isn't a me, me, me episode. This is a, look, we've all been through this or going to go through this. And it's just worth talking and thinking and being open. Believe me, those people that you feel like you're going to burden, will be so relieved when they can help you by just being an ear and if you tell them and my wife is an angel because she will let me get angry she will let me get upset she will let me sit in silence we've sat in silence with me just staring eyes full of tears for half an hour before because she just gives me that space to do whatever it is I need to do at that time and the people close to you will be so think about how much you'd love to help that person you love the most and that's what we feel about each other so don't feel like a burden speaking to somebody because that person will be so grateful that they could help you and if you do feel too burdened or maybe you don't have anybody around you then think about grief counseling you can probably do it online i don't really have any point of access to go to because listeners are all over the world but you probably know how to do a little google search so that's fine but just know that you're not alone in facing it if anything There's more people out there that have dealt with this than you could ever imagine. So speak about the grief. Speak about the person you've lost. Keep their memory alive. So I hope there's been some benefit to this episode. I kind of just went into a bit of a zone, if I'm honest. I can't really remember what I just said. But it was all true and from my heart and from my experience. And the point of this is just to let you know you don't have to go through the grief on your own. It's manageable. It changes through the years. If it's new and it's very raw... It will get more manageable. I don't like to use the word easier because it changes. But believe me, it will get more manageable. You'll become more experienced on how to deal with it. So it won't be like it is now forever. That's hard. At the beginning or one year through or the first, whatever it is with your experience and a support network around you, they're manageable, believe me. So thanks for listening. I know this was a bit of a different episode, but but yeah I hope you found some benefit I don't know how to end it I need to stop talking but I don't want to end on a on a on a on a dead sentence so thanks for listening I'll speak to you soon